Good evening, Hampton Roads, Tidewater Region, wherever you're listening to us from. Welcome to tonight's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial in Hampton Roads and Tidewater. And we're here to break down and discuss and offer insight into the dynamics of marriage and family relationships. With our mission being to help restore, rebuild, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Now, we're in our third week dealing with boundaries. And uh, boundaries are those emotional, psychological, or spiritual barriers that we put up in our lives. And no one is free to cross those points without our permission. Boundaries define who we are and what we will and will not tolerate. Boundaries are based on our principles and values, and maintaining our boundaries will help us reach our goals and aspirations as we work through life becoming who we are meant to be. Remember that if you're going to become who you dream of being, who you desire to be, who you aspire to be, reach your ambitions, achieve your goals, then it's going to be necessary for you to stick to your boundaries. You're going to need to adhere to and honor those emotional, psychological, and spiritual barriers that you put up that keep some things in and keep some things out, keep some people in and some people out. Those are your boundaries. Now, I'm skimming over the subject of boundaries pretty fast in these few weeks. Uh, so again, as I told you last week, if you want a more comprehensive exploration and explanation of boundaries, I recommend you purchase Dr. Henry Cloud's book titled Boundaries. Dr. Cloud is a foremost authority on the subject, and his book has sold thousands and thousands of copies over the years. I'm using some of his ideas myself in these few weeks as we discuss the subject of boundaries. Now, last week we talked about boundaries in children. We talked about the nature of boundaries in week one. Uh, last week, week two, we talked about boundaries in children. And I want to remind you that the main warning where children and boundaries are concerned is that the child who grows up with no boundaries or little boundaries, loose boundaries, undefined boundaries, non-reinforced boundaries, the child who grows up in that type of life uh, becomes the adult with no boundaries or little boundaries or loose boundaries or undefined boundaries. And when you are an adult with little or no or undefined, unadhered to, dishonored boundaries, uh, you are a piece of work for real. Uh, you are truly a piece of work. So if you want your child to become uh, an impulsive, non-thinking, undisciplined, irresponsible adult who disrespects you, disrespects others, and disrespects himself or herself, if that's what you want from your child, then do not establish and reinforce boundaries. I want to make sure you're hearing me there. If you want your child to grow up and and be impulsive, non-thinking, no critical thinking, undisciplined, no goals, no aspirations, no motivation. If you want your child to grow up and become an irresponsible adult, disrespecting you, others, and himself, then just fail to establish and reinforce boundaries in that child's life. And that's exactly what you will get. Let me also remind you how boundaries and discipline work together. As I said last week, we can't discuss boundaries without adding discipline to the discussion at the same time. 
boundaries are all about establishing the lines that will not be crossed. But discipline is all about managing yourself to stay inside the lines that you don't want crossed. I hope that makes sense to you. I can see it plainly in my imagination. Boundaries are about establishing those lines that people should not cross and you should not cross yourself. And discipline is about managing yourself to honor those lines. You've got to be able to step outside yourself, look back at yourself and say, hey, guy, hey, gal, you're not honoring your boundaries. You have to reinforce your boundaries. And you, we, we, we do no good to draw lines and don't honor them. We do even worse by not drawing lines at all. It does you absolutely no good to say, these are my principles, these are my values, these are my boundaries. But then don't live by them and don't honor them. That does you absolutely no good. And it does even less good to draw no lines at all, have no values, have no principles at all. I'm trying to tell you that there must be some lines that we will not cross. And those lines must be honored. I must be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm worth this much. I won't go outside these lines and you won't come inside these lines. Neither you nor I get to violate and dishonor my boundaries. I think that much of myself. And that's exactly how you're going to have to approach this subject tonight. So tonight I want to talk about boundaries in marriage. Um, uh, boundaries in marriage. And we're dealing with all our relationships, boundaries with children, boundaries in marriage, boundaries with friends next week. But tonight I want to deal with boundaries in marriage. And uh, hopefully we can get through it all. Uh, let me remind you that boundaries are a critical part of any relationship. Any relationship must have boundaries. And so that answers the question right there, whether or not we should have boundaries in marriage. Every relationship should have boundaries. And respect for boundaries and a person's right to have boundaries is the key sign that you respect the other person. You cannot respect the other person, but disrespect that person's boundaries. You cannot honor another person, but dishonor that person's boundaries. Respecting a person includes respecting their boundaries and giving them the right to have boundaries no matter who they are. So again, when we ask the question, should there be boundaries in marriage, uh, that is a key question. And, and the answer is resounding, yes, there should be boundaries in marriage. You know, when it comes to marriage, we spend a lot of time trying to get couples to come together and work together. And, and the Bible speaks of marriage in Genesis 1, the very first marriage where God instituted marriage. And, and the Bible says that the two shall become one flesh. So, so much of our effort when ministering to couples and so much of our effort when dealing with marriage, be it counseling or therapy or, or church or ministry, whatever the case may be, we're trying to get the couple, the man and the woman to come together and to break down walls and to break down barriers. And now I'm telling you tonight that couples should have boundaries. Now, listen carefully so you don't get swept away and telling you and think that I'm telling you to build a wall between you. Lord knows I would never tell you that. I'm not telling you to build no walls. I'm telling you how to keep walls from being built. 
All right. So I'm saying that married couples should have boundaries. And then you may think that, you know, this goes against what we always teach. Which one is it? Should there be walls? Should there be no walls? Should there be boundaries? Should there be no boundaries? I think we're going to make it plain. I think I'm really going to make it plain. Uh, uh, both individuals in the marriage become one flesh and should strive to break down walls and barriers that get in the way of them flowing together and working together and communicating and living and loving and ministering and serving together. Both of them should work to break down any, any hindrances to that happening. And they also have to strive to eliminate those barriers that make them feel uh, 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 insecure with the other person. If there's something that's making you feel insecure with your husband or with your wife, you got to work on that to eliminate it. And, and, but at the same time, we cannot forget that in all of this coming together, in all of the uniting, in all of the becoming one flesh and the oneness that we're trying to achieve, you never stop being individuals. You never stop being individuals. Now, loving one another, being married to each other should impact your sense of individualism. And you should realize at some point that your individualism is tied to who you are in that marriage. But at the same time, at the same time, you are still individuals. Don't forget that. And I'm not trying to stir up nothing or be tricky or play word games tonight. Uh, getting married does not mean giving up individuality. And because two, uh, uh, two individuals get married but never lose their individuality, both individuals still need, deserve, and are entitled to respect, dignity, honor, sensitivity, and any other adjective that describes the right treatment and the right regard so that you can protect and nurture each other's personhood. I know that was a mouthful, so I'm going to say it again to you. You got two individuals in a marriage. You got two individuals, but they never lose their individuality. So because they both never lose their individuality, they both still need, they both still deserve, they both are still entitled to respect, entitled to dignity, entitled to honor, entitled to sensitivity, and entitled to any other treatment that protects and nurtures the other's personhood. In his book, Boundaries, Dr. Cloud says, the problem arises when one trespasses on the other's personhood, when one crosses a line and tries to control the feelings, attitudes, behaviors, choices, and values of the other, these things only each individual can control. To try to control these things is to violate someone's boundaries and ultimately, it will fail. Our relationship with Christ and any other successful relationship is based on freedom. Wow.
So you, you ask the question, well, how do you define and what does it mean to have boundaries in the marriage? And we don't have time to get real nicky picky like you don't spend this much without asking, you don't go here without checking, you don't do this. All of that, all of that are small potatoes, but the overarching philosophy, the overarching ethos, the overarching uh, paradigm here is that each individual is blessed with personhood and anybody including a husband or a wife who tries to control the other person's personhood is violating their boundaries so when you cross the line or when you try to control the other person's feelings you got a husband or you have a wife when you try to control their feelings their attitudes or their behaviors their choices their values when you try to control try to change try to manipulate those parts of a person that's crossing the line that's violating the person's boundaries those are qualities those are things that only the individual can control and if you try to control it, you will ultimately fail. Maybe this is the reason that so many couples seem to only ever get so close in their marriage. Or so many couples only ever get so deep in their communication. They sense or they fear trying to be controlled. And there's an innate, there's an internal rebellion against someone trying to control you. It just doesn't work unconsciously we're going to rebel against such an effort unconsciously we're going to detect such an effort and we're going to rise up against it again dr cloud says our relationship with christ and any other successful relationship is based on freedom even god wants us to serve and to love him freely he doesn't want to make us do it he doesn't want to control us and make us love him and serve him and surrender to him he wants to love us into surrendering to him he wants us to do it freely and that's a key thought there. He wants us to do it freely, not grudgingly, not against our will. As I say oftentimes, the only thing in the world that God does not own is your will. You've got to freely surrender that to him. He doesn't own it. All right. So you, you, you may have heard the saying, if you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it's yours. If it doesn't come back, it never was. I, I know that quote goes something like that. Don't know who said it. I tried to research it. Can't find who came up with it. But you've probably heard something like that. I opened the cage and, and the little birdie flew away and he never came back. Well, he wasn't yours to cage. He wasn't yours to cage. But if you let the bird or you let the pet, in some cases, understand what I'm saying here. If you let a person go, free them up. If they come back to you, then they're saying, I'm yours. I give myself to you. But you cannot make a person do that. You cannot make a person give their will to you. All right. Uh, uh, the best way to demonstrate love for a person or love for a thing, or whatever the case may be. The best way to demonstrate love is to give them the freedom to leave when they want to. Now, I'm not talking about your small children who get angry, talking about, I'm running away. Uh, my mama told me, go ahead, get on out there. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about, okay? So don't get it twisted there. 
But the best way to demonstrate love, respect, honor, and dignity for a person is to give that person the freedom to leave when they want to, give that person the freedom and the dignity to have the power of choice. Give it to that person. Let them be their own person. All right, hey, I want to remind you that you're listening to us tonight in Hampton Roads and Tidewater, WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. You can also find us on the internet, www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. You'll find us here every Tuesday evening, 6 to 6.30 p.m. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. We're talking about your relationships in your marriages and in your families. We're going to help you build them, restore them, perfect them, and receive fullness and enjoyment out of them. As always, send me a line. If you're listening out there, send me an email at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Reach out and touch me on Facebook. You can inbox me. Find me at Bishop Carl Hodges. You can also replay these on my podcast. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them at Carl Hodges' podcast or Marriage and Family Clinic. Look us up. Let me hear from you. I need to hear from you. All right. Let's get back in this. If you're going to try and force a person to stay when they really want to go, uh, that's to engage in a form of abuse. And trying to force a person to do something that they don't want to do, uh, uh, are not used to doing, that's actually an effort to override that person's free will. And that's when you cross the boundary in marriage. When that person has a will that they're attempting or trying to exercise, when that person believes that they're doing uh, uh, what it is they need to do, whatever the case may be, and you're trying to override that, it's crossing a boundary in marriage. You cannot force a spouse to engage in sex if they don't want to. You can't force a spouse to engage in forms of sex or sexual activities that they don't want to. That crosses a boundary. Spouses cross boundaries when they try and make each other become something or someone else. A wife who nags and nags at her husband about a part of his personality that she feels he needs to change. That wife is actually challenging his personhood and that crosses a boundary. A husband who puts his wife down, talks negative talk to her, berates her and degrades her certainly crosses a boundary. When a husband says things like, why don't you cook like my mother? Or why don't you do for me what so-and-so does for her husband? That crosses a boundary because he's telling her that she's not good enough. He's no longer respecting her personhood. He's no longer giving her the dignity of being an individual. He's dismissing her personhood. And that, my brothers and sisters, that, ladies and gentlemen, crosses a boundary. Placing unreal expectations on each other crosses boundaries. No other person in the world is supposed to be your everything and fulfill all your needs. No person in the world can do that. And to place that expectation on a person is to challenge their personhood because it's not within them to be all of that. Hence, you crossing a boundary. And you crossing a boundary that you should keep yourself within. Only Jesus can be everything to you. And to try and place such a grave responsibility on someone else is to settle them, to settle that person with an insurmountable burden that they cannot bear. And such a burden causes a crosses a boundary. 
saddling a person with a weight that heavy, that that big, that 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 magnanimous, such a responsibility crosses a boundary because they cannot fulfill it. Listen closely to this. It's critical that we all understand this. I'm not exhausting the subject tonight, but it is enough to get us on our way to growing closer together. Husbands and wives who try to force choices, won't let the other make a choice, try to change values, or try to change feelings of the other, cross a boundary. They cross a boundary. And if you happen to be in a situation like this, listen now, it's your responsibility to speak up. Don't forget I told you for several weeks that we form our boundaries based on our values and how we feel about ourselves. Not only that, but we teach people how to treat us by what we allow, what we tolerate, and what we reinforce. So, if you're in a situation where your personhood is being challenged, disregarded, and disrespected, and dishonored, it's your responsibility to do something about it. If you happen to be in an abusive relationship, remember we talked about this a few weeks ago. If you happen to be in an abusive relationship where a husband or a wife, for that matter, continues to put their hands on you, it's your responsibility to do something about it. You don't just sit there. And you don't just sit there and pray about it because God will tell you, make a move, do something about it. So if you happen to be in that situation, it is your responsibility, responsibility to speak up because you teach people how to treat you by what you allow, what you tolerate and what you reinforce. All right. So keep that in mind. We may get to this, uh, uh, we may get to this, what I'm getting ready to say, we may get to when I talk about how to establish boundaries, but just know right now that if you will have boundaries in your life, they will begin by you telling yourself that you deserve to have boundaries. You are entitled to say no when you feel it's necessary to say no. We fall under pressure of family and loved ones and friends often, be it peer pressure or whatever. It's just a pressure of the family. Oftentimes we feel like we have to do things just because they're family. We have to do things just because they're blood. When what they're asking of us is actually crossing a boundary because they're not respecting our personhood. So if you're going to have boundaries, again, we're going to get to this when we talk about establishing boundaries. But if, you, if, if you're going to have boundaries, the first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to tell yourself strongly. Look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, guy, hey, girl, you deserve to have boundaries. There are some areas in your life and there are some things and dynamics about you that nobody has the right to trespass on unless you give them permission. Understand that some people will intrude, but if you allow or if you tolerate it, they will continue to trespass. It's up to you to enforce your boundaries. Wow. Some people you're going to have to teach a strong lesson to. They're going to try you for everything that you're worth. But it is your responsibility to establish your boundaries, to enforce your boundaries, and to reinforce your boundaries. And you do that based on what you tolerate and what you do not tolerate. You establish clearly your lines in the sand. You determine, you decide 
what is and what is not a deal breaker. Yes, husbands and wives are one flesh. Yes, husbands and wives must grow in unity and companionship and in love. But that does not take away from the fact that both of you are individuals. And as individuals, you have your roles together and you have your roles separately. You know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, they're all one. We call them the Trinity. Whether you believe it or not, go with me right now. We call it the Trinity. But they have their roles that they fulfill together. And they have their roles that they fulfill separately. And neither trespasses on the other's personhood. Jesus said, I'm only going to say what I heard the Father say. Because anything else would be to cross a boundary. The Holy Spirit says, I'm only going to say what I heard Jesus say. Because anything else would be to cross a boundary. Now, if the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, if they could respect boundaries in their divine relationship, you know good and well, you and I are going to have to respect boundaries in our relationships with each other, especially in marriage. Everything the Father does testifies of the Son and glorifies the Son. Everything the Son does glorifies the Father. Everything the Holy Spirit does testifies of and glorifies the Son. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit exist in this unexplainable, hard-to-understand harmony that they do because they allow each other to be who they are meant to be, and everything each of them does is for the purpose of elevating and exalting the person of the other. Instead of trying to change your mate, instead of trying to enforce your passion, your choices, your values, your, your thoughts, your philosophies, instead of trying to force yourself on your mate, how about sowing yourself into lifting up your mate, exhaust, exalting your mate, uh, 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 helping your mate become a better them, helping your mate to live their best life. Because when you help them live their best life, guess what? It's going to pay off for you also. Ephesians 5 says to the husband, what you do to your wife, you're doing to yourself. So as you make them bigger, better, and stronger, guess what? You're making yourself bigger, better, and stronger because it's going to pay off for you also. Boundaries in the marriage are not meant to keep distance between a husband and a wife. Boundaries in a marriage are meant are not meant to make sure the couple can keep their secrets without the other knowing about them. Boundaries in the marriage is a means of helping husbands and wives honor and respect each other. Boundaries in a marriage say, I acknowledge your right to exist as a person made by God and created in his image. Boundaries in a marriage say, I acknowledge your right to exist in your own personhood without me trespassing on it by trying to force you to change. Boundaries offer an opportunity for the husband and the wife to demonstrate the love of God towards each other. First, by honoring and expect, respecting each other's right of personhood. The right of personhood. We can treat each other better if we realize this. You have the right to be your own person. If you're listening to me right now, you ought to turn to your husband or turn to your wife and just tell them, you have the right to personhood. 
You have the right to be your own man. You have the right to be your own woman. I'm not missing out. You can't be everything to me because that's too big of a role for you to play. And if I try to put that on you, you can't fulfill it. So in essence, I am trespassing on your personhood because I'm asking you to be more than what you actually can be. Yes, there are boundaries in marriage. You cross a boundary in marriage when you trespass on the other person's personhood. Trying to get your husband or trying to get your wife to change into some phantom, to live out some fantasy, to reenact, to emulate something that you've seen on television. If that's what you're trying to do, if that's your goal, if that's where you are, if you're trying to remake some imaginary love affair that you saw on television, then you're going to trespass on your husband's personhood. You're going to trespass on your wife's personhood. And you inevitably, automatically will cross a boundary. Acknowledging and respecting boundaries help ensure that the marriage relationship remains mutually beneficial. The relationship is supposed to be mutually beneficial. Both of us are supposed to benefit. Both of us are supposed to be fulfilled. Yet better remember, when a relationship is no longer mutually beneficial, somebody leaves. We want our marriages to be mutually beneficial. Let's respect, honor, dignify. Let's honor our spouse's right to personhood. All right, listen, I'm out of time. I hope we've said something to encourage your hearts on tonight. Again, you're listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. We'll be right back here next Tuesday evening at 6 to 6.30 p.m. You can listen to us on WGPL on your AM dial in Hampton Roads. Find us on www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Email me at chodges at hotmail.com. Look me up on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges, or listen to a replay of this podcast. You can find me on iTunes. Hey, we're out of here. Remember, you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. Until next week, we're out. God bless you.